you earn a living, you probably own a business, work for one, or want to start one. Business is central to your life. But do most business shows really speak to you? Today on the show, the billion dollar valuation of Balogu and Broad does. Let's talk about the stock market and Alaba market. Let's talk about share IPOs and diesel supply LPOs. Let's talk about Broad Street. The Nigerian Stock Exchange recorded an all-time high of... And Balogun Street. Uh, the maximum I was spent on fuel, so on throw, hmm. was 4000 On Balogun and Broad, Wednesdays at 5. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. How do you spot employment scams and investment scams? I decided to talk about this today because of Inu Moran's murder in Akwaibom. We talked about that last week on the big weekend. The police are saying that the suspect lured her with a fake job offer. And the truth of the matter is there are so many Inu Morans out there, so many hardworking people who are just looking for an opportunity to earn an honest living, right? So they apply um, for jobs, they answer job ads, they respond to interview invites in their inboxes. But a lot of them cannot tell the scams from the real deal. And this brings me to today's business hard fact. According to the NBS, in the fourth quarter of 2020, the unemployment rate among young people aged between 15 and 34 years was 42.5%. So almost half of young people were out of work by the end of last year. Now, this is an important um, stat uh, when we talk about employment scams, obviously, because it goes a long way to explain why these scams are so popular and they're so successful, right? So today we'll look at these scams. We'll look at how they work. We'll look at what the signs are to look out for. We'll, we'll look at how to verify whether an investment or employment scheme is a potential scam. Joining us to have this conversation is an investment analyst, a software engineer, and a very good friend of the show. So my uh, my first guest is an investment um, analyst. His name is Abimbola Omotola. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. He's joining us via the phone today. My pleasure, Sandra. Good good evening and good good evening to Lagos. Right. My second guest is a software engineer. His name is Justin Rabo. Thank you so much for joining us, Justin. Sandra. You need to talk into the mic. Oh, hi, Sandra. <laughs> hi. It's my pleasure to be here. <laughs> yes. And then my third guest is the friend of the show, Tunji Andrews. Welcome to Hard Facts. Uh, are you not going to... Are you not going to introduce me properly? Tunji Andrews is an economist. He's also the co-founder of Aquaba. Awaba. Awaba. Sorry. Yes, yes. Aquaba is the Ghanaian one. Yeah, it's a Ghanaian <laughs> one. Yeah. Aquaba, Aquaba, Aquaba. Okay, yeah. All right, get serious. <laughs> now, Lagos, we want to hear from you as well. What questions do you have about job scams, about inter- uh, investment scams? Have you ever been caught by an investment scam? Are you one of the people who uh, MBA caught, for instance? Are you one of the people who um, MMM? court for instance would like to hear your story would like to get into your mind a bit as we go um, into this conversation justin i'm going to start with you because you've become something of an expert uh, on how these employment scams work um so first question i have is how long have you been collecting information about them why did you start collecting information about them um so i haven't been actively collecting so much as you know, I have been like looking for work for a very long time, <laughs> long, <laughs> long enough to, to to pattern match, so to speak. Um, when you say pattern match, what do you mean? So, so 
the more you go for job interviews, the mm-hmm. more you receive like job offers and the more you get like invitations to interview, mm. the more you can begin to see like certain, you know, repeated patterns in mm. the way that you can then like just by simple heuristics, mm. not really simple to be fair, you can you can you can you can make a judgment call. Mm. Right? You can make a judgment call about the 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 likelihood that this is a scam versus the fact that this might not be a scam, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, because you know, since 2012, I've been on the job market, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have had a lot of interviews, and you know, basically found some to be scams and some to be honest. Mm-hmm. So generally, I have learned to err on the side of skepticism when it comes to jobs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's pretty much it. So it's not like I have like a rigorous process as mm-hmm. much that I have been exposed to the job market and mm-hmm. learned and a so few you, things on... you figured out how yeah, to work. Precisely. Yeah. What What's the inherent aim of these scams? What are the scammers looking for? Um, so for a lot of them, like in, in the unfortunate case of any, obviously we know what the end goal was. Mm-hmm. Right? Some, some are... Equally sinister, but not as diabolical. Okay. Um, so some just really want people to pay money for something. Okay. And so it's like um, you're farming for bio, bio data from people who are unfortunately unable to get employed. Mm. And so they are willing to do, they're like on the edge of desperation. So they're willing to do a few more things to get jobs. Mm. So for those, for that kind crop of people, mm. you will you will not die. But the fact is that they are hoping to get as many people to pay for something, mm-hmm. right? Um, so when you go for the interview, you're going to meet a very last, large crowd, okay. right? And yeah. so um, you, you are going to just visually, you know, gauge in that crowd. You're going to feel like, you know, my chances are really slim. Mm. And so it, when you get the follow-up email after your interview mm-hmm. and they say, you know, we have broken you guys into batches, you know, mm-hmm. some of you need to pay a processing fee for something, oh, wow. you're more likely to be... Uh, you know, I'm more likely to This be, is something yeah. that happens, to be clear? Oh, yeah, yeah, it happens a lot, right? Wow. So, to me, you know, that's the that's the really basic one, right? Where it's, it's, it's mostly a dragnet approach, mm. which reminds me because there's actually a recruitment agency called Dragnet, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> Are they real or, you uh, know? Yeah, they, they, uh, to be fair, I have, like been invited for interviews, mm-hmm. gone for them, no real follow-up, so I cannot make a judgment call here, but I just I just found it funny that, this, this, this <laughs> that you said yeah <laughs> yeah but but yeah so the idea is that in in that sea of people enough people will be desperate to make that payment mm-hmm. and so just like with a lot of scams like this is just a it's a numbers game mm-hmm. uh, so the more people you get in the better for you mm-hmm. um, those kind of scams are really easy to to catch in large forums so usually Ireland has probably already documented. Uh, most of the repeat kinds of those people, mm. their names, the locations, mm-hmm. the phone numbers to be mindful of. Mm-hmm. So in general, whenever you get an offer from those kind of places, mm-hmm. you want to you want to put as much as as much um, information as they gave you through a search engine. Mm. You usually find a match. When you say when you say those kind of places, pretend yeah. that we don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So what kind of places? Um, so it's not. I'm, I'm not thinking in terms of a physical location. Okay. But I'm thinking more in terms of uh, um, the interview spots. Mm. So um, usually it would be it would be a rented place, just mm. mostly because you don't want to tie that location, that venue, to an owner, mm. right? So you can you can. So uh, you're talking about the venue of the interview the venue, now. Yes, precisely. Mm. So there are only so many many of such locations in Lagos, mm-hmm. right? So when when somebody who has been a victim of that kind of you know thing in the past. 
it happens to them, they will log it somewhere. Usually, mm. it ends up being in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, they will tell you the email addresses they received, the, the emails they received, the phone numbers they received. Th- that kind of information is pretty ephemeral. Mm-hmm. So, like, once the person perpetrating the scam, you know, is caught, they just they are going to change. Change up, yeah. yeah. So that's why I say you just have to match the pattern. Over time, it's not it's not a function of the contact information. It's not a fun- function of the location. It's a function of the behavior, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's a function of how the emails sound, mm-hmm. how the pipeline looks. So, walk us through that. Yes. Walk us, walk us okay. through. Yeah, walk, so, walk us through that. Okay. So first things first, you get an email out of the blue. Right? You didn't apply for you this don't, job. Yes, you don't you don't apply for anything, but you get an email out of the blue. Mm. Um, the the nature is usually very broad, so there's no real job description apart from the fact that they are hiring graduates mm. right sometimes it gets to the point where they filter away first class graduates okay. mostly because um, um, they want to get like a real desperate crop of people mm. right so the assumption the presumption here in this case is that you are if you are a third class graduate it's con- really difficult for you and you will do anything to right? get a job yeah. um, so so once you get that crop of people you you send you send the bulk emails or the bulk SMSs mm-hmm, to those people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very easy to get. I find that it's very easy because Nairland has been breached so many times, and so there's a lot of data harvesting happening on mm. all of those things. Mm. Incidentally, mm. The, the, the the platform that will save you is the one that will still So so you know when you get that email. It is usually very broad. There's no real job description. And it's usually, it's almost always called a mass recruitment scheme. Sometimes it's a text as well, right? Yes. It's precisely. a text message. It's an, it's an SMS, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I think that's like the very first first point of investigation. Mm-hmm. When you get that kind of thing, you have to ask, where did I apply? I applied nowhere. Mm-hmm. Who referred me? Nobody referred me. Mm-hmm. What is this job for? Mm-hmm. I have no idea, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that should really send your spider senses tingling. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if you, um, if you finish, if you, proceed by responding or by filling a form mm-hmm. or usually you wouldn't fill a form mm-hmm. they'll just give you time hmm. yeah and a time location. and a location true yeah. yes and so if you if you show up for it then you meet a crowd hmm. and it's the crowd that is the true gauge of your desperation hmm. you know um, the tests themselves are really simplistic there's not a lot of um, fanfare there they just it's, it's basically for your data harvesting mm-hmm. I consider this to be real, the real, really benign form, okay. right? Because at most you're just going to part with cash, <gasps> right? Um, the kind, the kind that really leads to to like that becomes life threatening does not even follow the crowd model. Mm. It's usually very, it's really more, um, it's more private, right? And it's, okay. it doesn't, it, it doesn't use like a large harvesting. It's usually very insidious right um i i personally haven't experienced that so i can't speak from my own experience i can Mm -hmm. only speak to what i've seen Mm -hmm. people talk about Mm -hmm. so obviously the inimoran story is an apparent obvious like we could see it from from start to end Mm -hmm. but the same way it proceeded um where where um it's one person speaking to one person, mm-hmm. right? And there's not a lot of um, visibility into the entire process. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's, a, that's a red flag, mm-hmm. right? So very recently, not recent, but in 2017, I had, I had a job interview. Mm-hmm. And while going to, I was going, it was in Ikeja, mm-hmm. right? And on my way there, my Uber driver was basically talking to me and asking me what I was going there for and everything. And I told him, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he told me that, um, have I ever met the people 
have I spoken to them? Do I know what they look like? And all my answers were negative. And, <laughs> and he, became, he became really apprehensive, right? Mm. He told me because he's an Uber driver mm-hmm. and he has, um, he has um, like, unwittingly mm-hmm. dr- driven people to their deaths. Oh. That's what he told me, right? Oh, no. And so, because of that, he was, he, was, he was really, really apprehensive. More apprehensive than I was, right? Because mm-hmm. I was naive. I was like, you know what? If, if it, I thought that at, at most, the worst that would happen is that it was a, it was a dud job, mm. right? And I could just walk away. I mean, I'm not going to die from this. Right, precisely. Mm-hmm. And so, when we got there, he insisted on parking. Mm. And that if I did not come back in five minutes, oh. he would raise the alarm, oh, no. right? And so... That was like a random act of kindness, by yeah, the way. Right? Yeah, yeah, that is <laughs> and, sweet. Yeah, and so <laughs> and so I got in. It turns it turns out uh, it, it, it it turns out I obviously it was it was a safe space, right? But but yeah, you know those kind of things. Uh, I think that if you are uncertain, just mm-hmm. like the Uber driver, you you need somebody who is not like the Uber driver, somebody mm-hmm. that is your relation or friend mm-hmm. to accompany you there, and right? And can raise alarm. Yes, raise alarm. Um, but so again, yeah. isn't that how, like, interviews generally go? I mean, you don't know who's going to interview you. They, yes. you, you. But again, there's also the part where you applied for the job yes. and were invited. That's the most critical part. Yes. The jobs, the job offers should not come to you out of the blue. Yes. I think a lot of these sermons we hear about, um, you know, grace and, uh, you know, uh, unmerited favor. Yeah. I think it... <laughs> I think it clouds a lot of our uh, interaction with real life. And that's why a job you did not um, apply for would drop in your lap and you would think, oh, okay, this is something I should be paying attention to. Yes, I agree. Um, Yeah, so we... We we over index on you know the benevolence of God mm. and the fact that we might just get a job we did not apply for, mm-hmm. but it's it doesn't happen. I have to say, if it happens, is is is, is randomness mm. at work. It doesn't really happen. Mm. And you know there are two kinds, right? There is there is the pull effect where somebody is reaching out to you, right? Mm-hmm. And there's the push where you are the one asking for, for a the job, job yeah. right? And there's I I think that you should you should have like different models for how you think about those things right mm-hmm. if someone is reaching out to you mm-hmm. right it means that the they know more about you than you know about them mm. that's what it means immediately mm. right mm. and so you should try to balance that knowledge um scale mm-hmm. right so if somebody reaches out to you immediately even if you tweeted you posted on twitter i'm looking for a job mm-hmm. right for example and somebody reaches out to you at that point, there's a, there's a, there's a knowledge differential mm-hmm. where they know more about you. At least they know your handle. They're just a handle who reached out to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to fix that real quick. And if you cannot bring that balance, if you can know more about them than, than the superficial information they've given you, mm-hmm. I, 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 I think you should... Try you should, and you should, Yeah, you should err on the side of skepticism. Mm-hmm. You should be a little bit um, paranoid, mm-hmm. right? You should be, you should be comfortable with, with some form of um, false negatives where mm-hmm. it's like, I got, I freaked out, but this person wasn't... That's okay. It's yeah, okay it's to freak okay, out, you know? and you know. Yeah, yeah precisely. Yeah. And I know that it's rich. It's easy to say because mm. I'm speaking from a point of no desperation. And at this particular point, this person is desperate for mm. a job. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, don't take too many chances because it's your life here. Um, but when the, there's the other side, right, which is where you apply directly, mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. Um, and. Again, because now you are the one who has more information mm-hmm. or who has the ability to have more information mm-hmm. before you apply, you should also do your due diligence, right? Um, especially, like, this is also a, a good principle to abide by. Mm. Every job you apply to, please know everything about them, right? And I know, like, the spray and pray approach is nice when you really need to get a job. So mm-hmm. it becomes a numbers game. Can I apply to 100, mm-hmm. get interviews for three? Mm. But 
just try to know everything about the company. Once mm-hmm. you cannot place faces, you cannot mm-hmm. place names, something looks funny, mm-hmm. you know, that's an, that's, an, that's an invitation to make queries. So, for example, if you are looking into a company and you can't find their address or you mm-hmm. find an address but you can't find the stakeholders or you find the stakeholders, you don't know anything about them, there's mm-hmm. no metadata to follow, mm-hmm. right? You want to find people within the company who can make referrals, right? Mm-hmm. So you can ask, you can literally ask, even on the same Twitter, mm-hmm. who knows this company and who can refer me to somebody within mm-hmm. the company? Mm-hmm. Um, so you should always do that. Um, some t- it even happened to me, right? Um, I was I was a team lead for a company, and somebody wanted to interview. I inv- invited someone to interview, mm-hmm. and he was he was he was he was understandably freaking out because he did not know anything about me, mm-hmm. right? And so I've, I invited him to have coffee with me in in a, in a public space, mm-hmm. right? And that's that that allayed his fears. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know that's that's a wise approach, right? Mm-hmm. In fact making that offer to anybody who wants to interview you, mm-hmm. their reaction should tell you one or two things about, mm-hmm. you know, their intentions there. Ah, Nigerians yeah. t- take things personally. Yo. <laughs> 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 Nigerians say, oh, look at you, I want to give you a job. I t- tell you what. Yeah. Let me come to 2G and Abibola for a bit. I, I want to talk about um, investments, right? Mm. How are these scammers able to get away with their operations without government getting wind of it and cracking down. I'll start with Tunji and then I'll come to Abimbola. Well, usually government knows, I wouldn't say government, there is a, um, a an agency that is directly linked to investments in Nigeria. It's called the Securities and Exchange Commission. Right. And it's their job to find out about things like this. Um, they generally tend to... Um, have their own tentacles, you know, combing the, the system. Right. And they do their own investigations. But they also um, open themselves up to um, the general public to send reports. Mm. But here's the thing. The SEC is not a... Um, it's, it is not... It's, it's, it, it has its own investigative system, mm-hmm. but it's not the police. Right. It can't go and arrest you because you said this. It can only warn... Uh, investors. investors hmm. So like in the case of the most recent MBA Forex, for mm-hmm. instance, mm-hmm. The, the SEC had warned about a year ago that don't put your money in this thing. Mm-hmm. We don't know how this thing is working. So mm-hmm. don't put your money in it. But you know the way the system is always, there's always this thing that people say, then they pay. <laughs> you know, once once somebody hears, ah, then pay me last time. Uh, you know, and yeah. and everybody just believes it's true. But you know, one of the things I just I put out on Twitter recently is that one thousand naira is easy to double. Mm. Ten thousand naira might be easy to double. Mm. The dynamics changes once it re- reaches one million naira. Mm. It's even more complex when it reaches one billion naira. Mm. When it reaches one trillion naira, I'm telling you, everything changes completely. In fact, holding that one trillion naira mm. is a headache. Mm. Ask the people that have it. Mm. Just the charges alone from the bank, you know, COT on your account. You, you, you. I, was, I see a lot of people on Twitter complain that ah, my COT was like, you know, they just removed. 3,000 naira for my account. Imagine the person that has 1 trillion, trillion naira in their account. Remind mm-hmm. it to charge it. So yeah. it's, it's completely different. Now, you can't double that mm. easily. Ask the pension funds. They, they know what I'm talking about. So mm. the, the thing is, investment funds, the scams are easy to see. Mm. We in the system know. Um, it's just that the way Nigerians tend to look at investment is, is a bit um, upside down. Mm. It's more about... Um, 
this God thing, you know, how can I quickly get out of poverty? Mm. So uh, this thing is, is doubly money. Mm. Oh, this is my way to get out of poverty quickly, quickly. <laughs> and forgetting that the person that is creating the scam mm. is also trying to get out of poverty. Out of so. po- <laughs> <laughs> I've been, but let me come to you a, a, a little bit, you know. Um, so he said that um, there's only so much that SEC can do. But do you believe that, um, you know, the government could get wind, could crack down, could be doing more to protect people? Mm-hmm. From scammers, I, I agree completely with you, and I also agree with what you said. Uh, so, in the real sense of it, there is a limitation to what I can do, because what many of these people do is that uh, they take advantage of loopholes in the law. Mm. So, said for instance, they are mandated to regulate any investment entity that is marketing a product to the public. Mm. So if you are soliciting funds from the public mm-hmm. for any investment purpose mm-hmm. directly from the public, mm-hmm. then search in a way has the regulatory, uh, you know, supervisory capacity mm-hmm. over you. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, if you are selling the security, you know, tech has, one way, tech has to be involved one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But if you are not doing, you know, either of the two, there is a gray area, essentially which some people take advantage of. Mm. But there are some that actually do flaw the law. They market to the public. Uh, they sell, in a way, what they call a security, a guaranteed product to the investment public without having any safe regulation and breaching the law. So in this case, perhaps we can have better law enforcement mm. uh, that could actually take you know, the very important step of bringing these people to both mm-hmm. and that we serve as lessons to others who want to follow their footsteps. So in a society where you, where you do not punish crime, you are encouraging crime. And as far as I can tell, I can't name so many of the, of the promoters of these things that have actually been investigated by the police been prosecuted uh, by, by law by law enforcement mm-hmm. and brought to books. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to actually make scapegoats, uh, you know, of some of these, you know, um, these people promoters of fraud mm-hmm. uh, before we can actually have sanctity in the investment landscape in Nigeria. Now, let me let me stay on, on you for a bit more. We're going to talk, we're going to come back to um, talk solutions and avoidance and all of that. But let's talk about the different types of investment scams. So we hear terms like Tunji shaking his head and, and widening his eyes. Oh, by the way, we're streaming on Facebook, so you can watch this interview live on Facebook, Nigeria Info 99.3. We also have YouTube, Nigeria Info, <coughs> streaming live there. Abimbola, what are the different types of investment scams we, we hear things like uh, ponzi schemes for example right what types of scams are we seeing in nigeria why are they so successful in nigeria okay so uh, uh, i will divide the popular ones we are seeing in nigeria maybe into two or three okay the most popular one we have currently is what i would describe as ponzi schemes mm. and what are ponzi schemes they are essentially fraudulent investments where money is taken from new investors to pay the holder investors without creating any form of value. Now, okay, no, do you know what? You, you have to say that like you're talking to a five year old. I, I uh, would do that. Uh-huh. So, this same thing you just said now. This same thing you just said now. Eh? Say it again and pretend you're talking to a five year old. Okay. Uh-huh. I, 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 I will, I'll probably give an example. Thank you. So, let's say. Hypothetically, mm. I'm running a Ponzi scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to throw a very attractive offer to the public and say, 
I'm paying, let's say, 50% every three months. And then interest rates. Oh, no, you're still using big grammar. Back. You know what? We're going to take a break. <laughs> We're going to take a break. When we come back, huh? do better than that. Do better. Okay. Right. <laughs> Life 5.3 Nigeria Info. Your number one station for talk. Let's talk. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. You're listening to Balogun and Broad. On Balogun and Broad, we talk about business as it affects you. We talk about issues in the news uh, and how they affect businesses of all sizes and the people who work for these businesses. And today, we're trying to teach you how you can spot employment scams and investment scams. Before the break, an investment analyst was um, teaching us how to, uh, you know, what the different types of um, of uh, investment scams were and, uh, you know, what, what types of scams were seen in Nigeria. So he started with Ponzi schemes. So we, we gave him some time to figure out how to teach it to you, you know, in, in the way he would teach a five-year-old. His name is uh, Omochala Abimbola. He's an investment analyst. I also have a software engineer on the show today, uh, Justin Irabo, as well as the co-founder for Awaba, an economist, friend of the show, Tunji Andrews. Abimbala, we're back to you now. Um, so tell us, a Ponzi scheme, what is it? Okay, thank you, Sandra. Um, so, so back to the topic. Mm. Uh, Ponzi schemes, as I defined this earlier, mm. is simply a fraudulent investment where uh, money from new investors are used to pay all that investors. Mm. So what do I mean by that? Mm-hmm. Ponzi scheme operators they have, let me say, three processes. One, they're going to lock people in with attractive return on investment. They will offer you crazy returns. And when they do that, they're going to get some early backers. Mm. And then the people that are going to come up to them, they will use the money they get from those people to pay their early backers. Now, they require that process to, to continue. Mm. It's like a pyramid structure. So they require people to keep coming into the scheme to continue paying people off. Now, when the flow stops, when they stop getting new people, uh, then the, 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 the most recent set of backers are left to the bag okay. because there is no money to service them, essentially. So that's a Ponzi scheme. Then the other type of investment scheme is very popular here now. I think are uh, people typically believe that they are very smart traders or, you know, uh, that, that, that they can deliver exceptional returns by trading in the forex market. Meanwhile, the FX market is one of the most difficult markets to trade globally. So you have the very big banks that are sitting on, on very strong software, uh, strong hardware that trade forex. And then you have somebody in Lagos uh, with very small human capacity and even, you know, uh, either software or hardware to support his business, promising people crazy returns by trading forex. So more often than not, they end up losing money. And then, of course, you know, if you invested in the scheme, you're going to be left holding the bag. So those are the two most popular investment schemes that I think we are seeing in Nigeria in Nigeria here today. Hmm. Tunji, did he leave any out? And, and do you think you could do better with the, the Ponzi scheme um, hmm. explanation? Um, so it's basically Mr. A 
uh, collecting money from Mr. A, Mm -hmm. using Mr. A's money to pay Mr. B, Mm -hmm. hoping that Mr. C will come. (laughs) And they use Mr. A to market it. So, like I said earlier, Idepe is the biggest word of mouth every Ponzi has ever used. So the first set of people, you you pay them or you pay them Mm -hmm. with their own money. Mm -hmm. You know, they will bring in, let's say the investment is like, Bring three hundred thousand. Mm. We'll be giving you thirty, thirty thousand every month. Mm. You've given us money for ten months, mm-hmm. literally. Mm-hmm. So we collect that three hundred thousand. I will be giving you out of your money. Mm. Now you, you've collected first month. Mm. You've collected second month. Mm. You've collected third month. Mm-hmm. You now start telling ah, you they pay. You they pay. Ah, they don't pay me like three months. You get now that other person that hears it is probably short of cash. You know, money is not coming in like before. And then he, he or she does a job and then he pay the person 300K. And mm. the person's like, ah, that's your thing. Should be, they see they pay, Abby. Mm. Say, yes, now, three months now. The person puts his own money into it. Mm. They pay the person three months and then the person, that word of mouth continues to go. Mm. Now, as long as there's new, there are new people coming in, mm-hmm. there will be more markets. Mm-hmm. When those new people stop coming in, it dries up. Now, I must say something, and this is what a lot of Nigerians need to learn. Mm. Not all Ponzi schemes start as a scam. Okay. What do you mean by that? Some of them have genuine intentions. What does that Let, mean? S- no, because <laughs> I've been no, 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 I've been in this system long enough to see both sides of the, the narrative. So somebody started, and I'm going to possibly cause trouble now um somebody starts a business mm-hmm. um and he comes into or she comes into a place and says i want to inv- uh, i could help you invest your money in so 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 mm-hmm. and the person's mindset is the re- realistic returns i can give you in a year mm-hmm. is 10 percent mm-hmm. then the person comes into the market and then the person starts hearing this person is giving 40% in three months. Mm. This person is giving 50% in two months. This mm. person is giving 73% in six months. Mm. Now, this person knows I can only give 10%. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, something now tells the person, attract them in. <laughs> Tell them to 40%. <laughs> when you've gotten them in... Once you've done that, you've decided to become a fraud. Well, like I said, it didn't start out as a fraud. It started out. So with you a, had a legit business and mm-hmm. then decided that you become a fraud. Now there's a thing to it. There are some business models around town, mm-hmm. especially even in our fintech industry, mm-hmm. that are doing this thing. So they're not inherently fraudulent, okay. but the way the tech system works, and and uh, he would he would bear me witness. Acquiring numbers, acquiring customers is a big thing for businesses. How you acquire the the customers is usually very irrelevant at the beginning. So it is more important to my investors for me to tell them I have 100,000 customers. How I acquire the customers, we will talk that one later. Mm. But if I have 100,000... So when I'm trying to gather customers Mm -hmm. and I see that I'm telling the truth, nobody's listening to me, Mm. let me spice up my... It's not spicing up. Let me commit fraud. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Let me commit fraud. Now, um, he won't say it. She or she will say it to themselves like that. And then they say it. And then you realize that when it comes to time to pay out, Mm -hmm. it starts to become difficult. Mm. Because... Which business you would will you do in Nigeria? 
you will pay your overhead, you pay staff salary, you pay rent, pay regulator, pay bank charges. Then you now give cost, customer 40% interest after taking your own. Uh-uh. Let's think it through. When it's not so, blood money. Exactly. When it's not blood money. So the thing is, they just want to acquire those customers quickly, mm. then go back to normal uh, status quo. Which will lose them the customers at the end of the day. But when the customers start coming in, it starts to become sweet. You know, you, you said, I'll, I'll only do it for two months, then I'll tell the truth. <laughs> then it now turns to three months. It turns to four months. And then customers come and ask for their money and they can't get paid. So that's Ponzi scheme. Are there other types of scams that he left out? Um, yes. The, um, the one where the person says, I will invest for you. I will invest your money for you. Just give me. We're doing um, Forex. We're doing crypto. Um, now, note, crypto isn't... I, I I do I mean I know we're on radio and I know um, the CBNs and probably the you know those people's um, feelings about crypto. But what I'm trying to say is the person because you don't know about the investment. He says, "Don't worry, I've been doing this and this is how I make this money from this. Give me your money, I will trade for you, mm-hmm. and I'll give you returns." Mm-hmm. This thing is even global. You see them on YouTube. You see somebody, he'll stand in front of his flashy car. He'll be like, this is a car I bought, you know, trading Forex in the last two months. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let me, let me show you my private jet. <laughs> then he goes into a private jet and you're like, ah, hey, Jesus Christ. <laughs> is this how they do it? <laughs> and, and you give the person your money. And mm-hmm. you see, every flashing wealth is the beginning of this thing. Mm. It's the beginning of it, flashing wealth. When the person is flashing wealth, the person is trying to lure you in that I'm making plenty of money, mm-hmm. come and be like me. Mm-hmm. So when, the, when you start to see those kind of things, you know, investment naturally, if you go to the banking halls, it's unlikely that you're going to see somebody dressed with a chain out. It's unlikely that you're going to see the person wear bling. It's unlikely that you're going to see the person drive a Rolls Royce. Mm. Investment analysts are usually like that. Now, if they start turning towards the other ang- angle mm-hmm. and are doing a lot of flashy things, I'm not saying they don't exist because mm-hmm. they're very new age investors who are not your traditional kind of guys. Okay. But usually they are so buried in their work that they don't have time to do all those to things. To come and sell it, to you. The market is moving. So as we've sat down here now, some people have lost millions and some people have made millions on the for- global forex market. Mm-hmm. Is it the person that is going to have time to start showing you how much his flashy car is doing? Mm. You know, they, they're thinking about money consistently. Right. So I, I worry for people who just look at the externals, mm-hmm. even in the capital, regulated capital market. And I'm sure this is the part my my dear friend who is an investment analyst who won't even want to talk about. Mm. Inside the capital market mm. by regulated authorities and regulated companies mm. we still have people doing mm. what mm, people are listening to you <laughs> they don't... it's not me that we say <laughs> they're listening we still have people that are... well if you're if you're watching ah. he's he's doing he's twisting his hand and shaking his head we still have people that the, um. are doing you know you know and we catch them honestly <laughs> and this is the thing the mm. sec catches them and the sec puts them on blast mm. that I, I i respect the sec for doing that there are few people that have been banned from doing capital market activities for mm. a while mm. and their names are in the public mm-hmm. but you see this is the thing it doesn't mean that if you are not regulated mm-hmm. that is 
uh, exempting you from being defrauded. Mm. You can still be in the regulated space and still be defrauded. Mm. So my thought is, before you put your money to anything, mm -hmm. learn about it first. Okay. Now, I have to come back to Abimbola. Abimbola, what's the difference okay. between a scam investment and a bad investment mm -hmm. so that we don't conflate both? Mm. Uh, so scam investment, they have fraudulence in nature. Uh, that is, you 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 are deceived essentially by the person promoting the fraud. So the person presents something to you, and then uh, you know does the other thing. So that's a scam. A bad investment typically happens when you you make an investment as an investment professional or even as a retail investor and you do not get what you expected from him. Now, people make bad investments every day mm. but as long as you don't misrepresent things to your clients, mm. then a bad investment is not fraudulent nor are you breaking any law. But the great, the, the, the thin line between bad investment and scams is simply misrepresentation, hmm. essentially. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, do the, you, do the line is not very. It's not. I don't know if there's a line again. Or. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm saying this because, um, and I'm saying this as somebody who is a member, a, a part of the capital market myself in right. some ways. Right. Um, we've seen in this market, and Abimbola knows. Uh, we've seen in this market where entities that are. Hmm. Um, entities that are official, mm -hmm. they don't necessarily misrepresent, but they, you know, look for the law. You know, they look at the letter of the law and find loopholes. Mm. And, you know, the, 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 the customer is the one left with the pail hanging. There's a particular capital market entity we all know, uh, we might not all know, but there's a capital market ent entity that, you know, the, the general feeling is that they kept diluting the company value for a very long time, that the people that were holding the shares of the company were left with almost next to nothing. What entity is this? Ah. Anyway, I'm coming here. I want you not to do this thing that you're doing now. I'm and and here you are doing it. You know, the thing is that, the <laughs> thing is that this, this, these things are in... Okay, so this particular issue is out in... Um, is, 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 I think it's in the courts, so I can't mention. Look at your life. Lagos, let's that. talk. I'm sure you've got <laughs> questions. We've got Justin Irabo here. He's a software engineer who has a lot of experience uh, mapping out um, uh, how to spot a fake job. And then we've got um, Tunji Andrews, an economist, good friend of the show, co-founder for Awaba, a microfinance... Micropensions. Uh, micropensions uh, scheme. And then we've got an investment um, analyst here as well. And they're all telling us how you can spot employment scams and investment scams. If you've got questions, if you've got contributions, you've got thoughts to share, to add, please give us a call. If you're a woman, call 01-465-7190. Women only, 01-465-7190. For men, 0700-993-993-993. 0700-993-993-993. What questions do you have about job scams and investment scams? Have you ever...
ever been caught by a job scam or an investment scam? Did you invest in MBA? Did you invest in MMM? Are there other ones out there that I haven't even heard about that perhaps you've invested in and you're curious to find out if this particular one is a scam? We've got John in Festac. Hello, John. Good afternoon. Thank you for calling. Welcome. Good afternoon, everyone. City of Lagos. <laughs> Yo, bro, how's it going? <laughs> I'm very well. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a yes, while. I just want to contribute uh, on two observations. Um, job scam. Yeah, when you get an email, not properly structured, typographical errors, emails these days are, you have templates that you can easily use to organize everything very well. But most of these people are not really that organized because, you know, it's sharp money and all that. So they just type it up as or that. Also, companies often have customized websites. It's very easy to even get a domain name and all that do this. So when you are getting email from a general free domain like gmail.com, yahoo.com, as a company, that's a flag on its own. Because for a company that calls itself a company cannot get a domain name that is as low as uh, a thousand plus these days. It should raise the red flag. Yes, that's on that. Then investments. Yes, um, a whole lot of them. But um, specifically, the one I've observed lately, they tend to use uh, social media influencers. Mm. That one is becoming common. In fact, I don't want to mention a musician and one celebrity where uh, that crashed the one, the one that crashed recently, Raxelli or thereabouts. They use those people. What is it called? Rack what? Rack selling. Rack selling. Okay. Yes. They said they will be paying back and all that, but I know it's a lie. People won't get their money back. So they will use social media influencers, musicians, and some of these people to promote, mm. gather as many as possible people. In the end, they would collect the money. They will not be able to pay back. Mm. Oftentimes, it's come in form of, they'll tell you, hey, we are using the money to trade forex. We are going to trade gold. Mm. We are doing this. Mm. We are doing that. And in the end, it all scams. So those are my two main observations that I can um, That you can share with us. John, thank you so much for calling. Again, I have to ask, Abimbola, how are they able to get away with this? You have case after case of somebody floating some fake investment scheme. People fall for it. The thing collapses. The fraudster goes underground for a few months and then pops back up with with another scheme. No arrest, no accountability. My guy, John, who called from Festac, is refusing to name the celebrities who were the influencers for these things. <laughs> and it keeps happening. Why does it keep happening? I'm afraid that's a question for law enforcement. I think... Yeah, go ahead. I mean, judging from what Tunji uh, also said earlier, investors also have to take a lot of caution. Uh, the first thing I tell people is know who you are investing with. So financial services all over the world, they are heavily regulated mm. and for very good reasons. You can, if, if there is no trust in that sector, mm-hmm. there will not be confidence. And if there is no confidence, that sector is going to crash. Mm. And it's, going to take, it's going to affect the economy. Mm. So generally, that sector is heavily regulated. And one question you need to ask yourself is, the person I'm investing with, is that person regulated by any recognized regulator? Hmm. And when it comes to investment products or investment management, the primary regulator is the SEC. Now, you might have the case 
particularly with the recent, you know, uh, fintech, technology has brought down the barrier to entry. Mm. So you have a lot of digital platforms offering several investment products. Mm. But if that person or if that uh, firm is not directly regulated with the SEC, mm-hmm. we then need to ask, are they partnering with the with a regulated NCC. Hmm. So what many people do is that the legit ones anyway, mm-hmm. they will have like a trustee. So a trustee is like a friend mm-hmm. that we had in the interest of the investors. So even though the firm are not represented by the SEC, they will have a trustee in place that represents the interest of the investors. So you need to have, do you have a trustee arrangement hmm. or a trustee thing that is representing my interest in your firm? If the answer is no, then you need to think twice. The second thing, despite the broker, the brokerage firms that offer you know access to foreign stocks, what they do is that they partner with the regulated brokers, you know, by licensed by the SEC. So if the person who is saying is giving you access to foreign stocks, if the person is not licensed by the SEC, has no partnership with the regulated entity, then you need to think twice as well. So. Going back to my first uh, uh, suggestion, know who you are investing with. Search. search on, if you go to SSC's website, you can even do a simple search and search for SEC list of regulated operators in the capital market. You are going to see a very long list. So if anybody is offering you an investment product, search on the platform. Is the person regulated by the SEC? If no, do they have this trustee? And is the trustee uh, licensed? by the SEC to carry out that service. Hmm. So if you can do this particular basic search, mm-hmm. it's re- so you, the risk of losing your money hmm. or being or being uh, scammed hmm. does not completely go away. Like hmm. you did mention, we have regulated entities in Nigeria that have hmm. carried out scams before. Mm-hmm. It has happened. Mm-hmm. But at the minimum, make sure that the person you are investing with is regulated one way or the other. And you can do because a you can do a simple happens. Google search for this. Oh no. Oh no. Omotala, thank you so much for being uh, here on the conversation with us. Now, um Justin, do you think that um we have a as a society generally, do you think that we are tolerant of fraud? Is that why there doesn't seem to be much of a penalty for it? Yes, uh, I think. I think, <laughs> was, I think, I think you see, Tunji, that's how to answer question. You see, I, 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 I think that we are we are implicitly and explicitly like tolerant of fraud. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was gonna I was gonna add something to what he was saying. saying yeah. Where where um, you know a few a few things have happened like in recent years that has made it easier to mm. be fraudulent, mm-hmm. right? You know, money moves around faster, mm. um, and you can collect it a lot from mm. a lot of people. So mm. basically, you have one two pipes open: the financial pipe and the communications pipe. Mm-hmm. So you can broadcast to a lot of people, and mm. you can collect a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you would expect that the pace of this. Um, we will have regulation matching that pace. Mm. That would be like a signal, a public signal that, you know, we care enough about this. This is, a, this is an um, inevitable outcome mm-hmm. of these two things mm-hmm, happening, mm-hmm. But, but no such thing. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it made me think about, you know, KYC and KYT, mm. right? Um, know, your know your customer and know your trade, mm. right? Um, 
those two things need to happen, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there is a lot of talk about know your customer, mm-hmm. right? But it's, it should happen that, you know, like basic KYT compliance mm-hmm. should happen for anybody who is handling anybody's money, mm-hmm. no matter the scale mm-hmm. and no matter even the industry, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't think it happens to a degree that is rigorous enough. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, if you are going to handle anybody's money, you need to show that your identity is, um, you know, is trackable mm-hmm. and also that you are good for the money. Mm. Um, I don't think any of these things happen, especially like in the, in the, in the, on the individual level, mm-hmm. right? So when, when I'm saying invest in this, there's some basic business um, CAC type mm-hmm. um, compliance that I, ad- that I adhere to, but mm-hmm. not much, mm-hmm. right? And so it's very easy, it's very difficult, one, even for individuals in the public sphere to mm-hmm. track the, it's not easy to verify that people. So one thing is to say, you know, go verify. Mm. But it's also not dif- not easy to, to you verify. Know. So if I'm so pouring- what are some simple things? Because we're out of time. What are some really quick things that you can, um, um, you know, take a look at? And okay, this thing is this has to be there, or I'm not. I'm not doing it. Uh, every 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 signal can be spoofed. It's that difficult. That's the problem. Okay, so right? so we, we have take home, take home assignments. It we're can gonna, be spoofed. We're, we're gonna go 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 do research and come back next Wednesday and, and and take a look at this one more time because we are completely out of time. But Lagos, yeah, no thank you so much for being a part of this. Justin, thank you for coming through. Uh, Tunji, always a pleasure to have you here. Uh, Omotala Bimbola, thank you so much for giving us your time and your insights. Congratulations to the person who played um, just a minute on uh, what's up. Lagos today. Goodness, Adenio, I think that's your name. You won yourself t- 10 grand, so well done. Congratulations. Unfortunately, we can't play because you know we're out of time. I have to get ready to bring you the news. But we'll have this conversation again next week, and I'll, I'll have these guests back, and um, they'll teach you how to you know, spoof the spoof. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sandra Ezekwesili on social media, S. Ezekwesili on Twitter, S. Ezekwesili on Instagram. Those are your hard facts, Lagos. Good night.